The Man Cave Podcast is brought to you by Woods and Water Realty. Whether you're looking to buy or sell, Woods and Water Realty is your go-to real estate store. Check them out online at woodsandwater.com. The Man Cave. A sanctuary. A sacred place. A place where we can go talk about the things we want to talk about. A place where we're surrounded by our favorite teams. A place where everyone is welcome. Grab a seat and a beverage. This is the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is the Man Cave Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Casper. What's going on? How y'all doing? Appreciate you tuning in. To a brand new episode of the podcast. However you're listening, if it's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, we're like everywhere right now. We're everywhere right now. So uh, appreciate all the, we're getting up there and listens too. We're getting up there and listens. We, we got to keep pumping this thing up. So big shout out to all of you dedicated and diehard man cave podcast peeps out there. And depending on how you listen to the podcast or how you subscribe to it, don't forget, make sure you give us a really good ranking. I'm talking perfect scores. You know, like if you're on iTunes or something like that, do the five, okay? Do the five out there. So, um, yeah, just had to get that out of the way. Big thanks. Hopefully we can continue to to get this thing rolling here. But on this episode of the podcast, I got a few different things uh, we're going to chat about, okay? I'm going to do a little, um, talk a little bit about college football. I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFL. We're going to talk a little bit about Major League Baseball since the regular season is winding down here. Uh, we're going to talk a little golf with, with the Ryder Cup as well. So let's just get at her, right? Pitter patter, let's get at her. Uh, you know, kind of, I want to lead off this podcast talking about, you know, a big topic in the in the sports world right now is is like penalties and infractions, however you want to call it, mostly in college football and the NFL. In the NFL, it's the taunting. In, in, in college football, it's the targeting rules. And I feel like as of now, you're seeing more coaches in the NFL kind of come out in defense of the taunting rule. And one of them was uh, Bill Belichick, who, I mean, there's that clip. He was, uh, what was it, a few years ago or something like that. I think it was on a football life or something where, you know, he's telling his players, you know, to celebrate. You should celebrate when you make a big play. And then just the other day, you know, he was kind of in favor. I mean, read between the lines and what he said. He was he he wants this taunting rule. He's good with it. John Arbaugh, same thing. So and, and with the targeting rules, you know, obviously it's for, for player safety for for college and you know, there's nothing wrong with that by any means. When it, but both of these rules have come under a lot of scrutiny because you know taunting with the flags were players really taunting? Was it that bad? Uh, with the, with the targeting rules, you know, was it really targeting or not? It, officials are put in, I believe, a very difficult job, regardless of the sport, regardless of the level of that sport. It's a very thank, uh, thankless job, right? You don't need them. You don't think you need them, but you absolutely need them. 
You take them for granted. Anybody who's officiated at any level, even if it's just volunteering at like a fourth grade basketball tournament, you still get berated by parents. You still get yelled at. Nobody wants to get yelled at. Nobody wants to get yelled at. Nobody wants to get criticized, especially if it's their job. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to go through that. So when it comes to these two, and I feel like these are the two rules that are, are, are getting the most attention right now, kind of being put under the microscope the most right now, I get the intent. You know, I, I, I do get the intent of both of these rules. The taunting, I think, is, I think it was, it's really been brought to light with, you know, they don't want this to escalate into uh, like brawls or paybacks or setting off fires, if you will. You know, you do a little trash talking and then you get into a fight. They don't want that. The targeting, obviously, safety for the players. I get the intent. I understand the intent. But I think it's some of the calls are are getting, I don't know if overblown is, is the right word, but, you know, now it's getting to be where the officials, the referees, you know, are, are calling stuff, throwing the flag on stuff where I don't think that was the intent of the rule for, for some of those fouls that have been called. But in the same instance, if you're the officials and you're told to call this, it is a judgment call at that point. It is up to, to a human being to, to make that call. There's like really no definitive line. You know what I mean? There's like no baseline. You can go through all the video examples and all that sort of stuff, but then ultimately it's going to be a human being making that decision, making that call. So I think, you know, for sure, I'm in favor of making all of these reviewable, making all of these type of situations, all of these type of foul calls reviewable. Targeting, taunting, you know, the taunting one might be, you know, you can look at it, but then you don't know if a player actually said anything or not. But especially for, for the targeting aspect, I think that needs to be reviewable. But then, I mean, do we even trust reviews? Look at Major League Baseball. Look at some of the other calls and like basketball or, or, or football. Even watching reviewable plays isn't 100% guaranteed to to work out, to make the call you know, reversed or, or anything like that. How many times have we seen that? Especially in baseball. So I really feel like the officials in this case, in every sport at any level are in a no win-win situation. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of put into this, the upper powers that be make these rules. And then the officials, the referees have to call it that way. So, you know, I do feel for those officials because they are put in a no win-win situation. It is at times, you know, difficult. It's easy for us to sit there and, and watch it on a TV, but in a bam, bam situation, it's can get a little bit more difficult that way. I would like to see them all reviewable, but they definitely got to clean up the review process because if you got it in slow mo and you're watching it, get the call, right? Who cares if it's going to go against the official decision? Making the calls right is the most important thing. And, you know, officials and, and referees, this has been like a, I don't know, this has been a, a widely talked about topic, I feel like, for the last 10, 15 years, just like officials and referees, their decisions, their calls really under the microscope. And 
I guess like has it always been like this? You know, going back to the sixties, fifties, you know, seventies. I don't know. Was was this there? Was there this much scrutiny, angst against calls, against officials, and and all that sort of stuff? Right. I think what escalates this all is social media. Is that all the camera angles, TV, internet. That escalates it. It's a big reason why it's being talked a whole lot more. It, it's the big reason why. It, that that that's the number one one number one reason there. So, I don't know. Uh, I think you know. Obviously, taunting and targeting are the big things right now. Big things in terms of like rules and and officiating and all that. I understand the intent of both of them. I I wish I. <laughs> And, you know, I don't know if there's an easy answer to, to both of these. I think they should be reviewed. They should be reviewed, especially the targeting one. The taunting one might be a little bit more difficult, especially if it's like some dude talking. But, I mean, you'd think, I mean, this this past week, there were some really questionable taunting penalties for, for cry eye. You know, don't don't let the players not have any fun. But, you know, with, with the targeting, that, that's that got to be reviewable. And when it comes to reviewing plays, you got it in slow motion. You got the multiple camera angles. Get the call right. Who cares if it goes against the official's original call? Get the call right. The Ryder Cup is coming up this weekend, depending on when you're listening to this episode of the podcast, Whistling Straits. I wish I was going. Got other stuff going on, though, including my own golf outing. But that's that's definitely on a bucket list for me. I think if Tiger was playing, I'd for sure be over there because it might be one of the last times I can probably see Tiger Woods uh, playing in a golf tournament. But usually, when I think of Ryder Cup, I think of rivalries. I think of the old Ryder Cups. You know, the 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 intensity, the fans kind of going back and forth, the players. You know, all that sort of stuff. This weekend, it's kind of been highlighted more of the the inner rivalry of the U.S. with with Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. You know, they're going to play nice and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I just think, I think golf at times tries to get away from, from having rivalries. I think they try to, you know, still have this mindset that it's a, it's a gentleman's game. It's, it's, it's very, you know, got to be professional. Have a freaking rivalry when it comes to golf. You can have rivalries when it comes to golf. There is nothing wrong with having a rivalry, whether it's in the Ryder Cup or within players, within the PGA Tour. Rivalries draw fans to the sport. They make matches, games, especially in golf, the tournaments, more interesting. Golf needs to be able to keep on to their fans, to draw in new fans. I don't know if there will ever be another player like what Tiger Woods did for the sport of golf, but having players like DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka have this little rivalry, it's going to draw the talk. It's going to draw the attention. Does it get annoying at times? Sure as hell it does. But you know what? It's free pub, and it's going to draw people in. It's going to draw the casual golf fans in, uh, especially if those two are on a, on a you know the, the final round of a tournament. People are going to pay attention. If they're on the same team in the Ryder Cup, people are going to pay attention. It puts butts in front of their couch, in front of the TVs on their couches. I that's one of my things with golf. Like I feel like at times they try not to be baseball, football, basketball, and they try to be too professional at times. 
I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm in the minority on this one, but I really feel like golf. You can have rivalries. There's nothing. You know, sometimes rivalries are painted in a negative picture. No, not at all. Yeah, there's bad blood, and there might be a little bit of extra hitting or a little bit of extra talking here and there. Rivalries are a part of sports. And if golf wants to be, you know, still relevant, embrace the rivalry. Embrace the rivalry within your own tour or on the Ryder Cup. I hope we have some drama with the Ryder Cup, and I hope there's a little bit of trash talking going on. All right, we're going to do a new little segment. It's called a quick segment here on the podcast. I'm just going to call it for what it is. What the hell? So Aaron Rodgers, again, has been the topic of conversation for a lot of people out there. And yes, week one, he played bad. And then it got into the whole conversation. Is he, is he, you know, in it for the right reasons? Is he focused? Is he, is he ready to play for this season? Does he want to play? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Week two, he has a good game. And then he kind of called out his former teammates and other people out there. And then you got people like talking about his hair, criticizing his what he does in the off-field, how he prepares, his other interests. Shut up. Shut up. Who cares? Why do people care about Rodgers and what he does so much? Why? Why do you care if his hair is long? Why do you care that he likes to host Jeopardy? Why do you care who he dates, what he does, that he likes to read, that he likes to meditate? Why do people, it's not just this year, but it has been since like 2010, 2009. Why do people care so much? Let the guy play ball and let the guy live. He's a good football player. He's one of the best of all time. Should he have more Super Bowls? Yes. Is that all his fault? No. Stop. It's so annoying. I get it. It's like like what I was just talking about the Ryder Cup. It sells tickets. It gets people talking. It's an easy to stop. I don't get why him. Like all these national peeps and, and all these other people just find it so easy to nitpick everything on them. What's so bad about it? I don't understand it. Just Stop. What's your beverage of choice to quench your thirst or to help cool down on a hot summer day? I'll tell you what mine is. It's Twisted Tea. See, I'm a big iced tea guy, and Twisted Tea tastes just like what iced tea should taste like on a hot summer day. And they have multiple flavors to choose from with original, half and half, blueberry, raspberry, peach, and more. So do yourself a favor and grab yourself a Twisted Tea, go on your backyard deck, listen to this podcast, and start enjoying life. All right, I want to talk a little college football here. We were talking a little bit about the targeting thing, uh, targeting rule at, at the beginning of this uh, episode of the podcast. And most, more specifically, I want to take a look at you know, the Big Ten East. The Big Ten East, Ohio State, they've got that loss on there against Oregon. Penn State's up there. I mean, you know, for a lot of those teams in the Big Ten East, for for a long time now, for the last few years, they were, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a, I don't know, laughing stock, if you will. 
you know, Maryland, uh -huh, yeah, Maryland Rutgers was down for a little bit. And, and you got those teams that are undefeated right now. Indiana came out last year and surprised a lot of people. You know, they're not surprising people this year. They're not off to a, a fantastic start like they were last year. But, I mean, you got Maryland undefeated. You've got Penn State up there. You've got Rutgers undefeated so far. We'll see if they can stay undefeated uh, with, with everything going uh, with, with their Big Ten schedule coming up here. But I, I'm looking at that Big Ten East right now, and I, I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it right now because it's a lot. And I think that's good for college football. I really do. I think it's great for college football to see some of these other teams, you know, start off really well, teams that were kind of written off. And who knows if Maryland's going to finish with a winning record once they get really into the into the Big Ten portion of their conference. And, and who knows what Rutgers is going to be like. But you look at it, Penn State's sixth. You know, they're the second highest ranked Big Ten team behind Iowa, who's at five. You got Ohio State at 10. Let's just look at the, the East teams. Penn State, Ohio State. You've got Michigan undefeated. You've got Michigan State, who now climbed into the rankings at number 20. Michigan was at was at uh, 19 there. Uh, and then you got Maryland that's actually receiving votes too. So, you know, you're, you're looking at the Big Ten East right now. And I think it, you know, for a while there was the West that was maybe the more competitive or viewed as the more competitive division, you know, with Wisconsin and, and Iowa and Minnesota. But the East has the bigger bigger name programs, you know, with Penn State and Ohio State and, and Michigan. But, you know, Michigan hasn't lived up to the hype as of late. Michigan State has fallen down uh, a little bit these last few years here. So with the fact, but when you add in the fact that, that, that Ohio State already has a loss on their record, I think this Big Ten East now is is shaping up to to kind of be something to watch, and it's going to be fun to watch as the season progresses to, to the end. Because, you know, Ohio State's always going to be picked, uh, I feel like, to win that side of the the conference, that division, the Big Ten East there. But now that they got a loss on their record, and yeah, it's it's a, a loss against Oregon, who is the third team third ranked team in the country right now. But that opens a door for teams like um, Penn State, Michigan, if they actually can do something this year. Heck, Michigan State, you know, those other teams, because it was always like, oh, yeah, good luck against Ohio State. Well, now it opens a door a little bit, right? It opens a door a little bit. So, you know, you're looking at the top four, and it's it's a usual top four every every few years or so. Oregon, probably the one team that's, uh, you know, maybe surprised more people than, than not in the top four right now. But when you beat Ohio State and you're remaining undefeated, you're going to move up there. Alabama's still doing their thing. Georgia's still doing their thing. Oklahoma's number four in the AP top uh, top four. You got Iowa, you got Penn State, you got Texas A&M. Uh, Cincinnati going up there. Clemson with their one loss. Florida, Ohio State, you know, their losses. Notre Dame, we'll see what they do against Wisconsin this weekend. Old Miss, Lane Kiffin, got his team, got his program going over there. So, And then you got Coastal Carolina, baby. Coastal Carolina, number 17, top 20. Let's go. BYU's in there. You know, Arkansas. Sorry, Brett Bielema, but you know, he he's got his got they got Arkansas up there in 16. Uh Fresno State's on there. UCLA, Kansas State. Liberty was receiving some votes too. So San Diego State was receiving some votes. 
but, you know, I, I like the state of college football right now. Alabama's still annoying as hell, but, you know, I, what are you going to do about that, I guess? But I like the mixture of some of these teams, you know, starting at that five spot and going down. I really do. I think college football, you know, yeah, it's annoying. I'll admit Alabama, Nick Saban's rinse and repeat again this year. But behind that, you know, Georgia looks really good. Behind all that, I kind of like the uh, the five through, I don't know, 20-ish teams right there. Got a few different mixtures in there. But the Big Ten East, the Big Ten East, I'm really looking forward to watching that continue to play out, especially now since conference schedules are going to be given uh, starting up here pretty soon. I got a story for you all in this episode or this uh, segment, I should say, I'm calling it story time, and it's not it's not really much of a story. It's it's more of an observation. But if you listen to the radio program that I do, the Dan Casper Show, I kind of mentioned this, and I think I even tweeted it out a while ago. But you know, I, it was at the at the start of the season. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame tweeted out something like Aaron Rodgers at the start of the season. I think was it like needed ten touchdown passes. To, uh, to move past Dan Marino was at sixth all time in the uh, touchdown pass department in history. And, you know, I looked at that. I'm like, like, damn, because it was 2007. It was 2007. I was at the, the game when Favre broke Dan Marino's record of 420. It was in Minnesota, 2007. His backup that year for a third straight year was Aaron Rodgers. Flash forward, that was 2007. Flash forward to 2021. And Aaron Rodgers, and he's missed games. I mean, he missed, you know, didn't start a game for the first three seasons. And then he got hurt a couple times. And the dude is going to pass a record that Favre broke. Not that long ago. I mean, and, and Favre's obviously got way more now but that just tells you how much the game has changed hasn't it i mean what that's 13 14 years ago 14 years ago think about that Favre's backup from that game it's it's i don't know i just think it's mind-boggling i mean tom brady is probably going to finish with what like 650 or more at this point he's just going to absolutely dominate that record but i saw that and i'm like man how much the game has changed. How much the game has changed. Because I remember being at that game and we were jacked up. We were pumped up. I was watching the game the week before. Packers were playing the Chargers. He could have broke it at home, but they dominated the Chargers so much that he uh, didn't want to, you know, embarrass the Chargers or, or, you know, run up the score. So they waited and did it last week. And I actually bought tickets to that game for me and my college roommates in the summer. So they were dirt cheap. We're talking like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. Could have sold it for like 300 bucks a pop. Didn't do it though. So I just had the, I'm like, man, that's, that's just in a short amount of time too, how much the game has changed. Unreal. Unreal. All right. We're going to wrap up this podcast coming up in just a minute. Are you looking to sell your home or buy a new home? Or perhaps you're looking for some land to do some hunting or build your dream home on. Whatever the case may be, 
you need to check out Woods and Water Realty. Visit woodsandwater.com to check out all the listings out there for new homes, some land for hunting, or to build your new home on. Woods and Water Realty will work with you from start to finish to either put your home on the market and help find that new dream home for you or that perfect plot of land. Woods and Water Realty, your real estate store. All right, wrapping up the podcast with another new segment that I'm going to try to attempt to remember to do after every episode of the Man Cave podcast. Kind of a quicker run-through version of this podcast. It's a crazy week, though. Got the Casper uh, Classic golf outing coming up and just some other stuff going on at work. So, hey, we're going to do another one later on this week, though, too. So let's wrap it up with a little here's the thing. All right, here's the thing. Anybody who knows me knows I say that all the time. I want to highlight Major League Baseball. We got like a week and a half left, a little less than a week and a half left of the regular season here. And like three teams have clinched playoff spots and nobody has clinched a division yet. Not the the Dodgers, not the Giants. Those two are still battling it out. Not the Brewers because the pesky Cardinals are still fighting for, for a spot. So the Brewers can't even clinch their own division. Those are the three teams that have clinched spots. But here's the thing. You look at the NL West. You got the you got the Dodgers, you got the Giants fighting it out. The Giants the most the biggest surprise team out there. The Brewers have a pitching staff that can win it and go deep. Uh you know, I don't know about the Braves, you know, I, I they, they can if they get hot, they've they've shown what they can do. The Cardinals are being really hot and they can be an annoying team. Then you look at the American League, Tampa Bay's leading their division. You've got, you know, Boston fighting for a spot. Toronto, who knows with the Yankees. Houston's over there kind of just, I think, flying under the radar a little bit. Um, Then you got the White Sox that a lot of people liked at the beginning of the year, and they kind of coasted through the season. But here's the thing, though, people. I know everybody's still going to pick the Dodgers to win the whole thing, and they got the pitchers, and they've got the hitters to do that, but I think this is wide open. I think this World Series is wide open right now. Dodgers will get a lot of the picks. I understand that. People are going to do it because they're the sexy pick. They spend a lot of money. They got a big, a lot of big name players out there, but their offense isn't up to the level I think we all expected at the beginning of the season. I really believe this World Series, and I think it. What's proven this too is looking at the stretch run here in this final week plus of the regular season of how many teams haven't clinched divisions yet, how many teams haven't clinched uh, playoff spots yet. This is going to be a fun race, and I think it's setting up for an epic World Series, an epic World Series chase, an epic playoffs. I'm loving it. It's going to be a fun baseball postseason. I really believe it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper, peeps. We'll chat with you you again soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. But can you do me a quick favor? Can you subscribe, follow, like, and share the podcast? And, you know, rate it, like if you're on iTunes or anything like that. Just make it a good rating. That way other people can find the podcast too. Hey, we're everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, you name it. We're all over. Spread the word 
about the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll talk with you later.